I wanted to let you guys all know, I've always been like a really curious person. Um, my brain is constantly asking questions like, why are we doing things this way? And why do we keep doing them this way? <laughs> Does anybody else ever wonder these things? Or is it just me being weird? Good. Good. I'm not alone. This is why I love you guys. <laughs> so a bunch of years ago, I worked at a bank and it, it's not like a giant national chain of banks, but it was regional, big enough, right? And when I was being trained, there was this particular form that we had to fill out and send in periodically. And they trained me to take this piece of paper and roll it into a typewriter and then type into all those little boxes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Why are we doing this? And why don't we just make a template? Like, I'll make the template if nobody knows how to do it. I, I, don't have a lot of skills, but I could do that. And and they're like, no, uh, they they this is how they want it. It has to be on this exact form. We can't have anything else. This is how we've always done it, and this is how we always will do it. So I promptly went back to my desk, rebelled, made my own template, and used it and submitted it. And you know what? They accepted it, and I knew they would. And <laughs> eventually, when other people found out that I was cheating. And using this template instead of using this typewriter. Um, because like I said, this was, I said this was several years ago, but it was this century, you guys. Like I, there was no reason. I don't even know why there was a typewriter in the building, but except for this form. And, and when people found out that they didn't have to use this typewriter, they were like, let me borrow that. Oh, why were they doing that? Because it worked. <laughs> because there was a better way. Yes, they could do it the old way and it would get the job done. But this was so much easier. So, I mean, maybe at one point that typewriter was the absolute best way. Maybe. I don't know. But we'll never know if there's a different or better way without somebody coming in and making an observation, right? That's, that's why life coaches are so popular and why they're so valuable for so many people. Someone with an outside perspective that kind of is able to come in and observe and ask questions that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. You know, I'm here today, and this isn't my weekly church, as you know. So there are some observations I can make. There's a few. I won't make all of them because I don't want to embarrass Stephen back there. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but because I'm not here every week, it's not normalized to me, right? But one of the things that I can really easily make an observation about is that you guys are all sitting in rows right? You probably made that observation too, but you don't think about it because that's just what we do. We come to church and we sit in rows. You're all facing me. Most of you are listening. Some of you are daydreaming and some, most of you are looking at me when you're not looking at your phone. And <laughs> I, don't you ever wonder, like, how do we get to the point where when we come to church, we just sit in these rows? How do we do that? Why do we do that? And in fact, um, Stephen can tell you at exchange, we don't do that. We sit in little circle on um, in little circle tables because I prefer circles. But <laughs> I have a theory about why we sit in rows. And I think it's partly because pastors really like rows. He's nodding back there. You guys can't see him, but he's, yeah, we do. <laughs> we like rows. And because the more rows we fill, the more successful we can feel. And the better, uh, you know, other people think we're doing. It's kind of like a scorecard. Like when you walk in and, or, or if you're at a church and you're telling somebody, well, what's it like? Well, you know, there's a bunch of people. 
or there's just a few people, right? That's one of the things that people use, even though it's pretty much irrelevant. It just is. But it, it kind of gives that that feel. And as much as I love me a good spreadsheet, I am nerdy about spreadsheets. I love them. I love order. I love when things all line up. I love the columns and the rows and charts and trends and graphics and um, growth patterns, metrics. That stuff really gets me excited. And you guys are looking at me like, okay. <laughs> and as much as I love all that, I really love circles. So Stephen gave me the honor of being able to start this new series called Circles. And I'm really pumped about it because, like I said, I, I love organization order, but I love, love, love circles. One of the observations I made as I read about the first church that gathered shortly after Jesus's resurrection um, it, is that it seems like a ton of things happened in that early church. In the early church and through the early church happened in circles, not rows. So today we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read through verses 42 through 47. If you want to follow along, you can do that. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor for all the favor for all of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So as we read through those verses, I think we can observe that the early church probably assembled in rows. They just probably did. It says they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And a lot of times when we think about gathering in rows, we think about um, sporting events, right? A Packer game, you're in rows <laughs> around a circle, but that's a technicality. You're in rows, right? <laughs> if you're um, at school or you're at a lecture, you're at a conference, you're, you're generally in rows. So this when they continued to meet together in the temple courts, it wasn't for entertainment purposes, right? But they were watch, They were there to learn and to experience the word. They wanted to learn to apply the word to their everyday lives. So I think that may explain our current setup, right? It's, it's that same thing. That's what Sunday morning is for. Um, we come here to learn. We come to grow. And because we want to not only know what the Bible says, but we want to know what does it mean for us? How can we apply that to our lives? Because it doesn't matter what that big old book says if we don't know what it means to us today. So that's hopefully happening here on Sunday mornings, right? <laughs> hopefully that's what keeps you coming back. Like, what does this mean to me? And as we look further we see that the Jesus followers lived most of the rest of their life, however, in circles. It says that they broke bread in their homes and ate together. So they shared life. They lived in community together. And we see this in a few different ways. And one of those ways is spiritual growth. Spiritual growth can happen in circles. Yes, spiritual growth can happen here on Sunday mornings. Absolutely. I'm not discounting that. But deeper growth can happen in these circles. The description of the early church begins with a wholehearted devotion to God, 
and also a relational devotion and dedication to one another. Uh, in verse 42, the, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So notice that in their pursuit, in their devotion, it was not a solitary individual activity. The early church knew that their relationship with God, I guess I should do this, right? Their relationship with God, <laughs> their relationship with God was not something that was to be pursued or experienced alone in, sol- in solitary uh, form. They were devoted to learning together to spending time with one another, to celebrating communion together, which is why we just did that with the kids even, (laughs) right? It's important to teach our our children what we do and why. Um, And it's important that they, they were devoted to prayer, to praying with and for one another. Teaching, prayer, fellowship, eating together, that sounds like a circle to me. You don't usually do that in in a row. Usually when someone says, I'm going to stand over here and pray for this person who wants to come up and pray, you form a circle around them, don't you? Just naturally. When you're talking to somebody, you, you go into a room and there's a group of people. They're not standing in a line talking to one another. They're forming a circle. It's how we communicate. So circles are just better than rows when it comes to growing spiritually at, in a more depth in-depth way. Circles are also better at meeting physical needs, believe it or not. In verse 44 and 45, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now that just sounds scary. (laughs) Let me just, Stephen, I, I know you just bought a new car, but you know, Someone needs something. I need you to sell it. <laughs> right? That's not what they're talking about here. They're not, they're not talking about this forced sell all your property and give all your money to the poor kind of community. That's not, that's not how it was. Um, I've heard people attempt to make it that, but that's not what it is. This, the first century church lived in a way that they were willing to make sure that other people were taken care of. So, um, you know, maybe today... That would look like running errands for somebody who's sick. You guys have a bunch of sick people. Maybe they need something. Maybe they need some errands run. Or um, snow blowing someone's driveway or mowing their lawn when they're either overwhelmed or physically unable to do it themselves. Um, It could mean making a meal for someone who's dealing with a crisis. Um, I personally don't make meals for people because I find that I don't want to cook. Um, but DoorDash, you guys, you can DoorDash gift cards to people. It's fantastic. They can order whatever they want. <laughs> but it might mean driving someone to a doctor's appointment. You know, there's there's a bunch of different things that we can do that that isn't just, you know, living in a tent down by the river or a van, whatever. And, <laughs> and um, making sure we're taking care of one another. Circles allow us to meet those physical needs of the people that are around us, as well as having our own needs met. Sometimes you have a need. Sometimes I have a need. Sometimes Stephen has a need, and he probably isn't super loud about it. But if you're in a circle with him, you might know. And it's not so easy to know or even notice that someone else has a physical need while you're just sitting in rows. 
You know, if I'm sitting in a room looking at the back of your head and you are looking at the back of somebody else's head. But when you sit in a circle, you're forced to look at somebody in the eye. You're forced to look at people and you are forced to notice, right? When you sit across from somebody, you can hear and you can see that they have a need and you can hear and see what that need actually is. Because sometimes we assume that someone has a need. You know, um, somebody has COVID, so I'm going to drop them off a big pile of soup. Well, I don't know that 15 other people haven't done the same thing. Maybe nobody did, but nobody wants 15 varieties of chicken noodle soup. It's just not helpful. But if we're in a circle, right, if we're already in relationship at a tighter level, maybe they have a different need. Maybe they're like, please don't bring me any more soup, but I've been out of Kleenex for three days. You know, (laughs) but without those circles, we don't know it. I once had somebody tell me um, they were going through a crisis and, you know, I was like, tell me about how you're feeling. How are, how are you overwhelmed? What can we do? And they just, they were like, you know, I have meals covered. I, you know, I have the gas that I need to get to my appointments and things like that. What I really can't stand doing anymore is scooping out my cat box because it's not like on fire emergency in my face. And I can't, I'm just so overwhelmed. I just, I just wish someone would scoop out my cat box. And believe it or not, I did not go, oh, yay, I love scooping poo. <laughs> right? That's not, that's not a reaction. But um, I, I, and I don't even think when she was saying it, she was seriously asking people to come and scoop her cat box. That's, that's just something like, you know, I'm fine. She's trying to, I'm, I'm fine. I just, I'm overwhelmed with my daily tasks because this crisis has, has you know, overcome everything that I am and everything that I have. And I went over there and scooped her cat box anyway. And she was embarrassed for a minute, but she was grateful because that's what she actually needed. That is what, that's what circles are about. Because I probably would have brought her, if we weren't in a circle, I probably would have brought her a meal because that was before I knew about DoorDash gift cards. And she has dietary restrictions, gluten-free, dairy-free, all these things that I wouldn't have known about. And she wouldn't have been, even been able to eat what I brought her. So giving, um, being in a circle with people helps us know them and how, and actually helps us know how to, to love them, how to help them appropriately in ways that they actually need. Um, circles are just better at that, right? Because we, we get to know people. And then emotional right? We all have emotional needs, whether we like to think about it or not. Um, emotional support is given better in circles. It's not just that physical or that spiritual and physical circles, um, needs that are important that are filled in circles, but that emotional support and research actually proves that circles are better in rows when it comes to emotional help. And I just love it when research shows what God has already been trying to tell us, right? And I just wonder if he's sometimes like, I've been trying to tell you that for like 2,000 years. Thanks for listening. Thanks for working that out yourselves. <laughs> but PBS commissioned a study to understand the relationship between relational connectedness and happiness. And out of that research, they made a documentary and it was called This Emotional Life. And I want to read you a quote from that documentary. It says, researchers have found that people are happier when they are with other people 
than when they are alone. And the boost is the same for introverts and extroverts. They also are finding that happy people are more pleasant, helpful, and sociable. So being around other people makes us feel happier. And when we are happier, we are more fun to be around, creating an upward spiral of happiness. I love that image, an upward spiral of happiness. Now, I've heard about depression and experienced depression myself and the downward spiral that can happen from that, you know. I, I don't want to shower and now I can't go to the store and buy food and now I don't have anything to eat and now I'm just eating a granola bar <laughs> and now I'm feeling bad about myself and it just continues to go downward, right? But isn't it awesome to know that the reverse can also be true, that there can be an upward spiral of happiness? That just makes me smile. <laughs> I love that. And we see that with those first Jesus followers, too, in verses 46 and 47, where it says, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. So circles lift us emotionally. Circles are just better at that than rows are, at giving us that emotional support. So we talked about spiritual, physical, emotional, and now I want to touch on missional, right? Because we are a church. We have a mission given by Jesus, right? And circles are just better at accomplishing that Jesus mission. The last sentence in our passage from Acts, verse 47, tells us, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So I want to be a little extra honest today. How many of you find it difficult to invite people here on a Sunday morning? I mean, there'll be some singing or a video. Um, <laughs> we'll listen to somebody talk at us. And then we're going to go home. It's great. Don't sleep in. Don't go to breakfast or brunch with somebody. Come with me. I promise. It's lots of fun. It's a tough sell, right? It just is. It's a tough sell, especially if someone isn't already a Jesus follower. Like, why do they want to do that? And I'm not saying you shouldn't invite people here on Sunday mornings. You absolutely should. If I didn't think that were true, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but isn't it a million times easier to invite somebody to your small group, right? I mean, I don't know exactly how you all do small groups, but the way we do them, you know, you can very easily, hey, you know, I'm going to go to my friend's house. We're going to have some snacks. We'll talk about the Bible for a little bit. We're going to talk about each other, you know, like how, how everybody's wins, what the wins were for everybody throughout the week. Maybe if somebody's struggling, we'll pray for them. We're going to celebrate those exciting things and we're going to pray. And if somebody can help with some of the other things, we'll do that. You know, sometimes we'll just have a game night. Sometimes we'll go bowling or some other activity. I usually skip the bowling. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, people like that stuff. So <laughs> it's, it's like you, it, you get to hang out with these great people. These are my friends. These are, this is my community. It's like an extended family that you actually get to pick, right? Who doesn't want to pick their extended family? Sitting here in rows is a really positive thing to do. I believe it's super valuable. Again, I, I just wouldn't be here if I didn't think it were. I wouldn't have bothered to spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time on classes, taking all the things. I, I wouldn't waste my time if I didn't think this was a, a value, right? But when it comes to helping people find Jesus, 
circles, the small groups, those just do such a better job. It's easier. It's easier to then invite someone to come here on a Sunday morning and sit in a row when they're already have that relationship with you and with several other people from your small group. They don't have to come in here and not know people. It's easier. So as a result, I want to ask everybody here to just take the risk right here at the beginning of 2023. It's like a resolution. Unless you don't make a resolution, then it's just something new, (laughs) right? But get in a circle, join a small group. And I see you all looking at me and you're like, I do not need one more thing to do, right? I am busy. I get it. Trust me. I get it. I have several jobs. And when I say several, I mean five. And then I came here for fun, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I understand time is precious, right? I, I get it. And nobody wants to add one more thing to their week. But I think that's because you're thinking about it as one more task, one more commitment, one more thing to add onto your calendar every week or every month or however often your small group meets. But what if you thought about it as self-care? What if you change your, your, the way you're looking at that to self-care? Because we all know how important it is to take care of ourselves. And we all know how much, in general, we don't do that. We don't do a good job at that. Circles benefit everyone involved. It benefits the people that you're in group with, but you gain benefit too. So think about joining that small group as a way to practice self-care, as a way to take care of yourself. The signups are live right now, I understand, on the church website, so madisonchurch.com. You have to scroll past this giant picture of Stephen's head. Um, But then (laughs) there's a green button that says find a group. Go there. Get in community with others. It's really important. And this right here, right now, Sunday mornings, this is a time and a place for Rose. It's appropriate and necessary But if this is all you're experiencing as a church, you're missing out on the absolute best part. You're missing out. You're missing out on the good part. It's like, you know, going to a a Packer game and leaving after the kickoff. You're missing the good part. Okay. (laughs) Did I say that appropriately? Was that a good sportsing reference? Okay, good. (laughs) So... But those circles are important. That's where you get to be known and know others. Okay. Um, I've made some of my very best friends in circles. I believe this. This call to action that I'm giving you is is nothing that benefits me. Right? It doesn't boost my ego if a bunch of you guys in Madison show up at small groups. It doesn't. It it doesn't, I, I get I don't get credit for that. <laughs> right? So this is a request from my heart. It really is. Like this call to action is important to me. We were created for community. We were created to know and be known. We were created to encourage, to pray, and to support one another. We were created for circles. And the last time I was here, um, about a month ago, I think, it was before, right before Christmas, and I talked about loneliness and uh, that was fun. And <laughs> but maybe, maybe you understand that loneliness can happen right here in church, that you can walk in, and I have 
walk into a church and sit in a row and feel like you're isolated in a room full of people. This is, is where we can sometimes fall into a habit of small talk, right? How's the weather? How was your drive? Um, maybe there's some politics thrown in for fun if it gets really spicy. But small groups, small groups are the place for real conversations. That's a place to be vulnerable. It's a place to listen intently to others, to give and receive love and support. If you are feeling lonely at church, and I know this from my own experience too, if you're feeling lonely at church, if you, it's most likely because you're not in a circle. If, if, if you're waiting for an invitation, consider this your invitation. You're invited and you're wanted. There are circles available here. You're wanted, you're needed, you're loved. If you're feeling that there's circles here at church that you're not a part of, if you feel like you're an outsider looking in, you might be right. But join them. Just join them. Join the circles. Go online, scroll past Stephen's head, and sign up. Show up and be a part of that circle. <laughs>